Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. In our last episode, episode 62, we talked about Ducas and his variations on the theme of Rameau. We also discussed how Ducas spent a good deal of time during his life recovering, editing, and compiling the works of Rameau. So this week, we're going to take a look at Rameau for ourselves. If such a great composer as Ducas would devote part of his life preserving Rameau's works, he must be a worthwhile subject. We'll then take a look at one of Rameau's many works, the suite in A minor, focusing on the gavotte and variations movement. Jean-Philippe Rameau was a native Frenchman, born in Dijon in 1683. His father was a church organist, and as we can all predict by now, was Rameau's first music teacher. And it seems that neither Rameau nor his family had very strong opinions that he should or should not become a professional musician, and Rameau himself even set his sights on studying law. However, he eventually discovered that law was not his true calling, music was. So, he left France to study in Milan. During his younger years, Rameau held many different musical posts. First, he was an organist, then a violinist, and after that he was an organist in two places at once. However, he really found a niche in composition and theory, though not until later in his life. He contributed a great deal to the early days of French opera. This was quite an important role for him to take on. His innovations in opera would lead to the various types of opera that became popular as late as the Romantic era. For example, his opera Hippolyte et Hérésie was a success because of his stance on the musical aspects of the work. He sought to highlight the actual music over the plot, thus leading to a production of great musical value that was just somewhat loosely tied together. Now this style of operatic writing can be traced to the later opera buffa, where the plot centers around just some small misunderstanding that sends to the characters into a superficial fluster as they break out into song every few minutes. Although not everyone's cup of tea, this light style of opera does allow a composer to demonstrate their skills without having to work too hard on a compelling story. Rameau did create some operatic works of greater literary value, however, when he became the composer-in-residence for the French court in the 1740s. During this time, he frequently teamed up with the brilliant thinker and writer Voltaire, and this collaboration really gave him credibility throughout France. As it turns out, credibility was just what he needed. Starting about 20 years before his court's success, Rameau began publishing treatises on music theory that were seen as controversial. While they seem very tame and basic to us now, they were still up for debate at this time. One of his main essays, Traite de la Harmonie, written in 1722, described his thoughts on bass notes, basically saying that when a chord is inverted, it remains harmonically unchanged, regardless of where the bass note is placed. He also examined how and why chords sound good by using science. Thanks, Age of Enlightenment! He discovered the overtone series, which he based on principles of waves as described by physicists. Notes that fit in chords would be multiples of each other's wave frequency. 
By taking this close look at chords, Rameau was really the first person to put into words what our modern chord descriptions of tonic, which are the one chord, and dominant, which are the five chord, and etc., to describe the scale. There were many people who fought these theories, but being successful at the court level really allowed his ideas to flourish and spread. As Rameau grew older, his health deteriorated for unknown reasons, as it tended to do back in the Baroque era. He spent most of his last few years focusing on theoretical writings rather than composition, and in 1764, died of an unknown fever. So now, let's move on to Rameau's Gavotte and Variations from the Suite in A Minor. The Suite in A Minor for keyboard was written in 1727, just after he had really gotten into theory. And we haven't yet talked about a gavotte on this podcast. It's a specific French Baroque dance that's not too fast and not too slow. And Rameau follows his lovely little gavotte with six variations. Since Rameau was basically the father of modern theory and the gavotte theme is fairly short, we thought it might be interesting to actually go through a full theoretical analysis before we got into any of the variations. So in the first four-bar phrase, Rameau really doesn't do anything too fancy. The first measure is all based around the tonic A minor notes, which are A, C, E, with an A held in the bass. Next, he moves to the subdominant four chord using notes D, F, A. And he does a hallmark Baroque thing by adding in, quote, passing notes, or rather notes that aren't in the current chord, and they add spice to the melody. He then quickly takes us back to tonic, but rather than A in the bass, he has inverted it, so C, the third of the chord, is on the bass line and disguises the tonic. Finally, he rounds out the measure with a strong five dominant chord, and a few more passing notes ends back on the tonic A minor. Here's that excerpt again with this standard 1, 4, 5, back to 1 chord progression. The next four bars are a response to the first four. He starts with quickly moving from the tonic A minor to the dominant 5 chord and then back to tonic in a span of just two bars, and then, in the span of the next two bars, he does the whole 1-4-5-1 progression, with the downbeat of the next bar of the next phrase actually being the tonic chord resolution. So he harmonically compresses the entire progression. Next, we come to the B section of the gavotte. Here, Rameau has modulated to C major, which is the relative major, meaning it has the same key signature, as A minor. In this section, Rameau sequences through a number of keys, but always maintains the short, solid short progression of tonic, dominant, new tonic. He starts in tonic C major and then moves up stepwise to play the same figure in D minor, which is the minor second of C major. And then he comes back to tonic, but in a different voicing as the upper starting note has moved up stepwise again. 
And from there, he finishes out the phrase with a four-five-one back in our C major key. And here's that excerpt again to hear this upward stepwise progression. The final phrase of the gavotte starts on C major, going to dominant five, which is G major. However, by simply adding a sharp to the G, Rameau has changed the chord into an inverted E major chord, which is actually the dominant five chord of our home key A minor, which we hear on the downbeat of the next measure. The remainder of the piece is back in A minor, with the progression of first going to five, then back to one. Rameau does get a little fancy in the last cadence of the piece, and instead of using the four chord like he has been, he instead replaces it with a two diminished chord, B diminished, before the final five one cadence. And this is totally acceptable, as the diminished two and the four chords share two out of three of the same notes, and so harmonically they actually function the same. Here's the excerpt in full to hear the standard yet sleek modulation. So that's the gavotte, Rameau's basis for the following variations. Unlike Dukas in the last episode, who took maybe a measure from the theme to build his variations around, Rameau actually utilizes the whole gavotte theme, so it's much easier to recognize as we go through. The first variation has running 16th notes in the right hand, while the left hand plays chords. The chords aren't quite as elaborate as they were in the main theme. However, they get the point across that this is in fact based on the theme, and it's following the general voice leading. And certainly it's following the same harmonic progressions that we just laid out in detail. Rameau even takes care in the B section to use his fancy C major to A minor modulation, even though the right hand is playing scales. The second variation is almost silly because it's basically the first variation, but with the 16th notes in the left hand instead of the right. It is slightly different because it's playing full scales the whole time rather than starting with just smaller figures like the first variation did. The third variation is a bit more gentle than the first two. In this variation, the melody is written more similarly to the main theme, as both hands get to play different parts of the chords rather than all of the chord notes being squished into one hand. You might notice that the sixteenth notes are now in the middle range. They are played by the inner fingers of the right hand, as the chord tones are played higher by the outer fingers. Rameau himself must have been getting a little tired of running 16th notes because he actually adds in some syncopated rhythms in this B section. Right where our favorite major minor modulation happens, he foreshadows it with syncopation in the highest voice.
the fourth variation is the most different that we've heard so far. Rameau is now merely suggesting the melody. While this variation sounds like just repeated notes in one hand, it's actually written so each hand has to play one of the repeated notes in an overlapping manner, and so it can actually get quite busy on the page. The fifth variation is kind of like a progressive version of the fourth. Now all the repeated notes are actually played in just the right hand. However, the melody and harmonic progression is much more sustained and evident as it is played in longer notes in the left hand. This is a great combination of the techniques that Rameau has applied to his variations thus far. In the beginning of the B section, Rameau doesn't just use the stepwise motion he had in the theme. Rather, he goes through what's known as the circle of fifth, which sounds like a walking bass line. The circle of fifths is a simple traveling through keys by walking to a key that's just a fifth away. This means Rameau goes from C major to G major to D major, and so on until he reaches a key he wants to cadence on. The sixth and final variation is by far the grandest sounding variation that Rameau has written. It sounds more grand because he has more notes per chord. all the other variations, for the most part, the melody and harmony were outlined with just two notes of a chord at a time. Now, however, Rameau is using full triads, which really help us grasp the harmony. He couples that with dramatic running 16th notes in the bass clef, which just sounds impressive. And he ends it with the strongest voiced chord he possibly could, an A minor tonic chord with the tonic A in octaves in the bass, as well as being the highest voice in the treble clef. He really brings it home with this perfect, authentic cadence. So we've hoped that you would have enjoyed these variations that really are quite fun. It is interesting to compare Rameau's technique in creating variations against Ducas that we listened to in our last episode, and we strongly encourage you to go back and listen to episode 62 if you've not yet already. Both have come up with some very cool things to do with the whole, or in Ducas' case, parts of their themes. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider liking us on Facebook or sending us a review on iTunes or Google Play, and please share us with your classically inclined friends. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. 
The Gavotte in Variations from Suite in A Minor was performed by Peter Bradley Fulgioni. You can find The Coffee House on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review and subscribe. You can follow The Coffee House on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.